Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, that was a tiny bit awkward. I'm trying to think what sports you've actually seen me playing now. I'm thinking dodgeballs about it, Ali, and I'm not sure I'm better at that than you, but anyway, thanks for that one. I'll take it. Uh, so, hello, I am Kirsty, and it's lovely to be speaking with you this morning. And we're in our series of Growing Up Still, and today we're looking at exhibiting the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians. And I'm told that if you grew up in church, there's a, there's a cute little song, apparently, with the fruit of the Spirit, and you list it off. So here is your moment. Sing away. I don't know how long it takes. I don't know the song. I'm imagining you're singing it. You've got it out your system. Is it one of those songs you're going to remember and sing all day long? You're welcome. So apparently you're not supposed to start with an apology, but I, I would like to start with an apology to all the gardeners out there. I have maybe overdone the gardening analogies. I, I can kill a plant by looking at it. Um, so I'm definitely not a gardener. Apologies, just have a wee bit of grace for the gardening analogies. So I don't love gardening, but I do love a list. I love a list. And my husband, Ali, will tell you that ever since I've met him, I've written lists for everything. I write lists for the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what's happening, what I'm eating, what I'm doing. I write lists for fun stuff to do, for shopping lists, for everything. I really like a list. And more than the list, I like ticking the things off the list. Uh, I've even been known, I don't know if you try this, you know, you've done a job, you forgot to put it on the list, you've got to write it on the list, right? Just so you can tick it off. You know who you are. And also, Ali and I would probably fight over things that we could tick off the list because, you know, it's the best bit. And I think sometimes we look at the fruit of the Spirit a bit like a tick-off list, this impossible list of things that we can't achieve, this amazing list of attributes. If you don't know what they are, by the way, they're coming up soon, don't worry, but you'll see it's a bit list-like and maybe it feels a bit impossible. I'd be rewriting the list for sure. I'd be writing patient-ish, tick. Uh, kind, most of the time, tick. But I'd love it if we could kind of throw away this idea of it being like a tick list this morning, because it's likely we'll, we'll not make it. And the other thing that I would like to throw away the idea of is that it's just something that falls into our lap, that we become Christians and overnight we miraculously become the most loving, joyous, kind, patient, peace-filled, good, gentle, self-controlled, faithful people you've ever seen in your life. Polish our halos and that's how it is. But let's be honest, it's not like that either, is it? So great, we're clear on what it isn't. Shall we try and figure out what it might look like then? So we're going to read from Galatians 5, 13 to 26 this morning. And by the way, I do list the fruits of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, uh, often this morning. You can choose to see which ones I miss and have grace for it, or turn it into a game if that helps you focus. Which one did you miss this time? How about that? But dear Lord, I just pray that you help us to focus just now. And maybe this is something we've heard so many times, and I pray for fresh revelation for us. And I pray if it's the first time that you, you speak to people's hearts this morning, please, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians 5, 13 to 26 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in the single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, 
and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. Or other uh, translations say flesh, which is probably what I'm going to mention in my talk. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Yeah. So Paul is writing to the church here and he's reminding them and therefore us that they are not of the old law, the old times, their old selves. They have been made new. The old has gone, the new has come. They're not all the flesh of the earth anymore, in fact. They're part of a new family, a new life, a new spirit, a new heavenly family. And he's encouraging them to walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. In fact, in verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So the suggestion is, there's this battle going on between our old, earthy, fleshy selves and our new spirit-filled creations, the ones we've been made since knowing Jesus, the freedom that we truly have. And, and doesn't it feel like that, though? I feel like I'm constantly battling against myself in a way. I'm constantly having to say, less of me and more of you, Jesus. And so then the fruit becomes the evidence, if you like, of who is winning that battle. So, to win this battle, let's realize that the fruit of the Spirit is God's creation. I sometimes make the mistake, don't know about you, of thinking, I am the tree. I am Groot. No, I, I'm not Groot. <laughs> that if I try hard enough, if I'm kind enough, if I'm super gentle, if I'm patient, so, so patient, that oh, I'll create some fruit. I'll be able to squeeze out a little piece of fruit. But actually, that is, again, living in the flesh. That's living in my own and relying on my own strength. And it rarely works. John 15 is our great reminder. And I'd encourage you to go and read the whole bit. But the important bit for us, John 15:5, I am the vine and you are the branches. So last year, we borrowed my uh, mother-in-law's greenhouse and we were gifted some baby tomato plants. And we planted them, and we watered and fed them. I say we, I did talk about the looking at plants to kill them. I'm not really allowed near the plants. You shouldn't let me near plants. So mostly Ali did that. And eventually, at the end of the thing, we had these amazing tomatoes. We created these amazing tomato plants, didn't we? I mean, 
in the greenhouse that we borrowed, with the plants that we were given. We played our part, but we weren't the creator. We weren't the designer. We didn't design or create the tomatoes. God definitely did. And those ones were a miracle, given our talents. We definitely paid our part. But let's remember that God is the designer of these fruits. What if we can remember that they're his? They're not the byproduct of us. The byproduct of us, the fleshy stuff, is what's listed in verse 19. But the byproduct of God is the fruit of the Spirit. And then there's kind of earthly love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. And that's okay, it still has value, but it might look a bit like this. Don't know if you'll be able to see it or where to put it now, of course. Other brands are available, but you know, is there really? Um, so Heinz tomato soup, it's, it's good, isn't it? And actually it even says it's one of your five a day, whether you believe that or not. But it still has goodness and it's still okay, but it is nothing compared to these fine ripened, aromatic, juicy, red, nutrient filled on the vine tomatoes. They are absolutely incomparable. And that is the kind of fruit that we see with God. And it's the kind of fruit that people see when they look at your life and they say, how did you, how did you love that unlovable person like that? How did you not lose your cool in that moment? How are you facing such a hard situation with peace and, and faith? Might even surprise us in the moment how God is partnering with us through it all. So let's remember that our fruit of the Spirit comes from our Creator God. So is God's fruit. Brilliant. We could just wait for a veritable fruit salad to appear in front of us, or a smoothie if you prefer. But I did mention we play our part, don't we? So what can we do to help grow these fruits in our lives? Fruit needs cultivation. A couple of years ago, we went on a sunny summer holiday to Spain. Maybe cast your minds back. Maybe just imagine for a moment the sunshine on your face. Ah, the sea, the sand, the sangria, the to tomatoes. Oh yes, there's a theme here. Or, you know, replace it with any fruit that you like, probably. But is it just me or does fruit and tomatoes, are they just taste amazing in different countries, don't they? We're pretty good at carrots and neeps and stuff that grows in the deep dark ground, but I'm not sure that we excel at tomatoes. And so when we arrived at this place we were going to stay in, there were miles and miles and miles of polytunnels. And we thought, oh, ooh, what's in there? And it was tomatoes. And we were really excited. And we thought, okay, they've got sunshine, but actually they don't have any earth. There's no soil here. It's so dry and arid. It's dust. What on earth are they growing in? And so we later find out that these tomatoes were growing in loft insulation. Don't ask me how. I don't know how that works. It doesn't sound right. And I didn't get to taste those tomatoes, but the type that I imagine they might have been like are those pathetic Q-prop Q that I couldn't get. The tomatoes are looking too good in the supermarkets at the moment, by the way, of pasty, pale, rubbish little tomato. You know the kind. It's not that tasty. It's not that great. It's still a tomato. It's not that bad. But it's not been cultivated to its absolute best. So how can we cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? 
I think there's a few ways. And I've got three to suggest to you today. I think the saving grace of those tomatoes in Spain were their time in the sun. And that is also our saving grace. Spend time in the sun, S-O-N, see what I've done there. Spend as much time as you can with Jesus. One-on-one, -on -one, you and him. Sit with him. Invite him to sit with you just now. What's he wearing? What's he saying? How's he looking at you? What's he got for you? Spend time in the sun. And also soaking in the spirit. All too often we pray the break glass emergency prayers and we have to do that, of course we do. But it is also okay and essential to our lives, our Christian walk, to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us up time and time and time again until we're saturated with him. So invite the Holy Spirit into your life every day, into your heart. And we also have to be rooted in the word. Spend some time in the Bible, figure out what works for you. I figured out that I quite like journaling or I like sitting outside. Those are my things. Let it go deep down into your heart somewhere and get a couple of favorite scriptures. And I can hear people saying, I can't remember scripture. And I am absolutely one of those people. I'm terrible at it. But I have a couple of just tiny wee ones. I'm going to forget them now. Oh yeah, <laughs> there it is. Perfect love casts out fear. That's one of mine. And it's a brilliant little weapon in a moment. And so just grab a couple for yourself that, that just go into your heart and you remember and they're tools for you. Ask God today, which of these areas do I need to cultivate to see the fruit of the Spirit in my life? So the fruit of the Spirit needs cultivation and it also needs our cooperation. The passage says these phrases, life by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Are you walking in step with the Spirit? What might that look and feel like in your life? So Ali and I, um, my husband, we like to go on a walk, especially in lockdown. We were doing that loads, as I'm sure loads of you out there are. What else was there to do? And sometimes even we'll hold, hold hands, I know, adorable, or go arm in arm, old school. And what happens sometimes is when we're arm in arm or holding hands is that we are out of step and we go bush, bush, bush. It's not very great or pretty. And so all of a sudden, what one of us will do is we do a wee, a wee hop or a wee skip to get back in step. And our kids are embarrassed and it's really sad. But it makes our walk so much more enjoyable. All of a sudden, we are walking smoothly and in unity and together as one. So that is what we need to do with the Holy Spirit. We need to do a hop and a skip to hear his prompt, to hear his voice, to follow it, to invite him into our heart every single day, to allow him full access, full control, and full surrender to it all. I'm not saying it's super easy. It's not maybe as easy as a hop and a skip when life doesn't feel joyful to find joy or when it's hard to feel faithful when prayers are not answered. But Jesus definitely did leave the Holy Spirit as our helper.
and we have access to him, all we need to do is invite him in. And I don't know, maybe you've known someone who's walked in step with the Spirit for their whole lives. Ali has an Uncle Bill. Do you have an Uncle Bill? When you look at his life, he has so much Jesus oozing out from him, so much Holy Spirit. He's saturated with it that is just flowing from him. And without sounding rude, he's a bit like a sun-dried tomato. <laughs> he is so soaked in the sun that he is absolutely bursting with flavor. He is a tiny taste of heaven, a tiny taste of Jesus here for us. And I say, I want to be like him when I grow up. I want to be so saturated in the Holy Spirit that I exhibit a life like that. I exhibit a bit of Jesus for people here. So let's surrender our lives to him every day and take it step by step with him. So the fruit of the Spirit needs God's creation, needs cultivation, needs our cooperation, and thrives in community. So wait a minute. This is between me and God. I've got to work on the fruit of the Spirit with him and allow him in, and we'll grow together, and that is correct. You can't work on somebody else's. However, I'm sure I have helped people with patience at times. Hopefully not right now. We're nearly there. Hold on. But Paul is addressing the church here today. He's not writing to an individual, a community of people. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And I am mostly introverted. I quite like time on my own, a bit like what Jill was saying earlier. And I really quite liked time in my safe, comfy, cozy family bubble. And coming out and reappearing from that comfy, cozy place is quite a thought, if I'm honest. I don't really want to get out of my trackies. I don't really want to invite people over. I don't want to get busy again. However, Jesus shows us he's surrounded by people. I mean, he needs community. If he does, we do, I promise you. And we are called to be a, a community of Jesus followers. I find it quite easy to exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit with my family. You maybe disagree, that might be the most hard place to show it. I'm not sure, but... I feel like it's a little less easy in church sometimes because they're not always the people you would choose, are they? So we're better for us to grow. We're better for us to learn how to love well when it's really difficult. And I was thinking about this skip and a jump that Ali and I make to walk in unison and in harmony. And there's this amazing story from 1831 about a suspension bridge, the first ever suspension bridge built in Europe. So granted, engineering has moved on, so this probably will never ever happen again, but 74 soldiers were marching across this bridge in Salford, England, and the momentum of their rhythm and the timing and the unity all came together that created this huge force, this huge power that was enough to bring the bridge crashing down. Nobody died, apparently, amazingly. And there's still a rule on some bridges, a little plaque that says, soldiers come out of step. 
and apparently scientifically it's called the power of resonance. It's this vibration, it has this impact that goes out. Imagine the power and the impact that we can create on the world as a community of Jesus followers in step with the Holy Spirit as individuals, but also together moving towards the same thing and the example of love that we can show. What a powerful testimony to the world of Jesus' love, power, and restoration, hopefully building bridges, not tearing them down. The battle of the flesh and spirit can be won if we stay in step with the Holy Spirit. So I'd love to pray for us this morning for exactly that. I'd love to pray for us for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. So let's do that. Father God, thank you for this gift of the Holy Spirit that you've given us. I pray that you help us to open our hearts to allow the Holy Spirit to enter. Help us to surrender our every day, our every step to you. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us up. Amen. And just, I did have a picture this morning that I want to share briefly of. Um, it was a piece of jewelry. I went to put on a necklace this morning and it was incredibly tangled. And I gave up actually. And so then I saw, God spoke to me about it and said that there was somebody who feels as though their life is so like the fleshy list and it's so tangled and so messy that they can't do it themselves. They want to throw it away and, and they can't do it on their own. And the invitation is to allow God to do that with you. There's nothing too broken, too tangled or too messy for God. So, dear Lord, if that's from you and if it's for someone this morning, then I pray that you use it and that you meet people in that moment, that you meet us in our mess. Amen.